just like everybody to know that a group of... <laughs> I feel like we're in a board meeting. <laughs> I would like you all to know that a group of porcupines, it's called a Pringle. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. It's like pickle Pringles. Those could also be a Pringle. No. But that's more fun. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> did you know that wombat's poop is square when it comes out? A square little poop because of the way their intestines are shaped. So weird. <laughs> I just, that's fun. It sounds uncomfortable. Well, yeah, but maybe not. Well, yeah. That's how I made them. <laughs> but, like, I could not imagine walking around seeing, like, a little square doo-doo on the floor. You know, like, animal poop. Yeah. It's just, I thought it was fun. <laughs> a little cute. <laughs> okay, I have two facts. One, did you know that Scotland's national animal is a unicorn? <laughs> That's not a real animal. But it is Come in on, Scotland. Scotland. Not even get your things together. Hey, don't crush their dreams. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, I, I saw this once and I, I agree with it. Why do we think that it's so outlandish that a unicorn could be a thing? It's just a horse with a horn. But we're fine with a giraffe, which is basically a long-necked cheetah horse Well, yes. And also, thing. like, a narwhal like, is just a fish unicorn. Yeah. So why would it be so hard to imagine a unicorn is real? I can imagine it. It's just Maybe not, not with the iridescent horn. Yeah. But Maybe not with the rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, there's a difference between a pegasus and a unicorn, and that's where everyone gets confused. Because yes. a pegasus flies. And doesn't have a horn. And that's not real. And a unicorn is almost still not real. Like, that we know of. conversation with you. My name is Riley. I'm Allie. I'm Brooke. I'm Emily. And we are coming to you with a new episode every single Monday, anywhere you can find a podcast. Please join us. So today we're going to be talking about the Bible and why this book is even relevant or important in our lives. So buckle up, buttercup. Did you know that the Bible is the most printed book in the world? I did know that. In history? Yeah. yeah. And it's like one of the only books that has remained from historical times all the way through modern day. Yeah, it's crazy the stories that you'll hear about like how buildings were burned or things happened and, and the they tried to burn, survived. but the Bible survived. Yeah. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Um, okay, well, we're this is kind of like a big it's a big thing to talk about um but I would just like to start by stating some truths that I have just recently learned in even my adult life um that I found to be very helpful in understanding the bible and making it something that I actually care about in my life I know that sounds bad coming from somebody who's like doing you know, like a podcast, and I'm supposed to be encouraging you, but I'm just being honest with you. Um, the Bible never really seemed important to me until I started to understand these things. So I thought it was cool when I learned that the Bible, fun fact for you, <laughs> is <laughs> actually, uh, like, if you read the Bible all the way through, front to back, the story of the Bible is actually one big story. And I was like, what? Because sometimes when you jump in to read your Bible, you, like, skip ahead. And it's the only book you ever do that with, if you notice that. You're like, okay, I'm just going to go to some random 
chapter here, okay? And I'm going to start reading. <laughs> well, yeah, no wonder none of it makes sense because we're not starting from the beginning of the story. Like, it's this, you can't just, if you were to read, um, I don't know, like the Hunger Games, you can't flip to the end of the book and be like, wait, what is happening with these kids? Why are they, like, attacking each other if you didn't start at the beginning mm -hmm. to understand why that's happening in the story? Mm -hmm. um, so that was something I found super cool to understand that the Bible is a story in and of itself, and you really have to start even in the boring books at the beginning to understand a lot of the storyline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's cool, though, is, like, are you talking about, like, it just being, like, one big story, and we think, oh, yeah, it was a story about so many weird... I mean, you read the Bible, and there are some weird stories in there. There's some... Mm -hmm. And some of it, if you just look at it, you're like, this does not make any sense. Did you know a donkey talks? Yes, I was There's literally that. a story of a donkey audibly speaking to a man. God is good. Yeah. You should read God is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you, when you actually get to, like, reading and understanding, it's not just, like, a story about people who have come and gone, but it's actually God's story about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And every single page, um, we just went to a conference this weekend, and our favorite part about it was this, um, one of the speakers was talking about how the first couple pages of the story you have God's creation and he he creates everything and he's perfect and then you go on to read a little bit more and it talks about the fall and the destruction of what he had created to be perfect but the rest of the bible which is so many pages so many words um is god's redemption and ultimately you're like that's a big word what does that mean it's god's pursuit of you it's his pursuit and his his love for you yeah i just want to give a little bit of context to what she's saying really quick. So when you open a Bible and you open up to the first page, the first page and the second page, literally like front and back, that's it. That's creation. The next page is the fall. And from page four through the rest of the Bible is redemption. And it's a story about how Jesus designed a plan to save us because we chose to go away from him. Yeah. Unless your Bible has extra big font. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But just like, I mean, it's probably in the first four pages that we've got all of the issues right. and then the rest of it is all the saving. Yeah. But I think it's cool too. I... I think it's safe to say we've all been in a place in our life where we struggled reading the Bible because it felt boring, it felt mm -hmm. unrelatable, it felt like a chore, mm -hmm. and it felt hard to understand. And if you're in that place right now, I want you to know you are not alone, you're not weird, and you're not even judged <laughs> in it, not even by God. Because the idea is not ideas, the truths written in the Bible, which that should be established right now. Everything written in the Bible is 100% true. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of debate about that in our world. Um, but I 100% guarantee you that if you put any of the things you read in the Bible to the test, it will be the thing found true mm -hmm. every yeah. time. Um, but coming back to the the concepts in the Bible that God talks about 
some of them are really difficult to understand. And there are people who dedicate their entire career, literally, they get their PhD, which if you don't know, that's like 16 years of school, to only get their degree, then to spend the rest of their lives so much time trying to understand one single theological concept from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And like that's how that's how deep some of these concepts go. Like God is so big that we are unable to fully understand him, but at the same time God is so good that he gave us a book. And this is something that like believers in Jesus' time didn't have. They didn't have all of Paul's letters and all of um, the Psalms and all the Proverbs and all of Genesis through Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, like all the books in the Bible, the Judges and the Prophets, they weren't all put together in one book. They had to go to the temple and get a single scroll that was like, well, this is Isaiah, and then Mm -hmm. get another scroll, and this is Genesis. And so, come back. God is so good that he gave us a book that we can hold in our hands that has every single thing he ever wanted us to know on earth. And if it's not in this Bible, he didn't intend for it to be important enough for you to know it. Mm-hmm. Like, he will always go back to his word when he's confirming something in your life. And if he didn't put it in his word, you're not missing out. Yeah. And that's a big fearing conversation I've heard a lot, too, is that, well, but does it cover this? Mm-hmm. Like, God was not, he didn't miss anything. In his book, everything is covered that we need to know for life and death. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a, oh, oh, dang it! No, this generation probably doesn't remember this TV show. Did you guys ever watch Ned's Declassified High School Survival Guide? I saw the commercials for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways, it was like this kid in this show. It was like a kind of like a Disney Channel show, and he was like writing a handbook for high school students, like when they came in. So like, just so you know, this is how you need to do this. <laughs> That's just what that reminded mm-hmm. me of. Like, this is like your, like your life survival guide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by this, I mean my Bible that I'm holding up in my hand. I totally understand that not a single other person can see me <laughs> physically right now. <laughs> imagine you. <laughs> yeah, just close your eyes and imagine me holding up a Bible. I think something that we often get caught up in is, well, uh, something I hear a lot, the argument side is, well, the Bible was written by men. So because it was written by men, like, how is it true? Like, how is... How is it 100% perfect and written by God if it was actually just written by men? Um, I think it's important for us to understand context to that because, yes, it was physically written by men. Um, but we believe that the Bible was ultimately, there's this thing called divine inspiration, mm-hmm. where we believe that God divinely and supernaturally um, used these men to write the word of God, a hundred percent with what he wanted to say with his heart intent. Um, so that there, there is no imperfection in his word. There is nothing that was written that wasn't, didn't come from his heart. Everything that is in the Bible, um, came from the heart of God and yeah. was written as he wanted it to be. There's a verse, I think, in second Timothy three fifteen through 17, it says, um, 
the sacred writings, and it kind of goes on, it says, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Um, and a lot of times, I think, when we get caught up in the what ifs, when we get caught up in the how, um, those are the times that we kind of allow our doubt and just our human mind of needing questions answered which you can take all of your questions to God he's not scared mm, by yeah. your questions he's not scared by your doubts but I think when we stay in the questions and when we stay in the doubt and we don't allow him to reveal himself to us through those things that's where we get stuck but ultimately what you need to know about the Bible is it is breathed by God mm. that every single word is breathed out by him as second Timothy says and it's used for teaching, for our correction, for our training, and that we may be complete. As you guys were talking about the guide, it just kind of gave me this image of like, you know, like when you get directions for something um, or you buy something and it has directions and it says, do not do it this way. Or or you get like like medicine mm -hmm. and it says, do not take it if you're this, this or this. Or um, And it gives you boundaries. It gives you... it it protects you and that's yeah. ultimately what God has done is he's given us these boundaries within the word of God of saying hey this is how I design life to be for you this is how it's supposed to be and not because I don't want you to miss out but I've actually created these boundaries so that you don't miss out on the life that I have mm -hmm. for you so that you are safe that you are living in the fullness that I have for you and so oftentimes I think we look at the Bible and we think oh that's just a whole bunch of do nots but the reality is it's a whole bunch of of do's of like this is what I've created for you yeah. and if, if you <clears throat> live out my word if you obey what I've said then and only then will you experience the fullness of life that I originally created for you mm. yeah which I mean that's such a good thing to stop and realize because we can look at the bible one of two ways we can either say ew no thanks I don't like rules or oh once once this is in place that's where freedom actually comes because mm -hmm. like and people talk about it all the time but a loving parent tells their kid don't eat 15 cookies before dinner because you're gonna have a stomach ache and not eat the dinner mm -hmm. that I made you right whereas like a parent who doesn't care is like yeah dude eat the cookies I don't care whatever um and then they have a tummy ache and they throw up and the whole thing but a loving god says hey don't eat 15 cookies before dinner and uh, you will actually be able to better enjoy the things that I have for you. And that's so um, important for us to pay attention to, that the Bible does not restrict us or make us, um, like, trapped in a cage. Sorry, I'm hungry. My words are not, like, flowing how they normally do. But, but you, get, you get what I'm saying. Like, the Bible actually frees us. God's word actually frees us. And the rules, quote-unquote rules, because the world will look at it and be like, ew, rules, no thank you. Um, but when we abide by those things and when we store God's word in our heart, that's when true freedom and peace and joy and everything good that you want out of this life, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, too, another question that I've heard a lot of people say is, I just don't understand it. And, yes. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes that's very true. I, I've been walking with the Lord for, like, 10-plus years now, reading His Word every day, and I still don't understand it. And sometimes it's simply because when we start reading it, 
our hearts aren't ready for what we're reading. And so it takes time to say, okay, Lord, first of all, I want to understand what you're saying here. So help me understand. And sometimes you don't understand it right away when you're about to read. But God is faithful. He loves you. He wants you to understand what he's saying in his word. And so as you ask him to teach you, he will. And sometimes I've had it where, um, for instance, an example today, I was driving over to record this podcast and I was listening to um, a chapter in Romans. And for those who've read Romans, no, it's quite a wordy book. Mm-hmm. It's very deep. It's very thick, mm-hmm. full of a lot of very important theological concepts. And and any preacher that I've ever heard talk about Romans talks about how you get through the first five chapters and you have to start over mm-hmm. because <laughs> you, like didn't have enough ability to digest the first five that now you got to start again. And I get that. Um, and I, I've read through Romans so many times, but today I was listening it to it for you. Like I was listening with this intent of wanting to hear from the Lord to encourage you in some way. And as I was listening, God was clarifying a question that I've had for years about the certain part in Romans. And Mm -hmm. It would go, it would be too long to explain it here, but I want you to know that God doesn't ask you to come to him in his word to give you another thing to do in your day. Mm-hmm. He asks you to come to him, to spend time with him, because one, he's a relational God who wants an intimate relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways for you to hear his voice is through his word. I mean, it was written for you. It's not by accident that you have a Bible in your house. It's not by accident that you're hearing this podcast. It's not by accident that this idea of the importance of the Bible in your life is coming to you today. There's a reason God designed it for you. And so when you come to him and you open up this book and it doesn't make sense, it's okay to say, God, it doesn't make sense to me. I need help understanding. And then you can trust that even if you don't understand it fully today, he will make it clear to you. You just have to keep coming to him. Yeah. And watching as he makes these things ready. And then, Riley, you had a really good verse that you wanted to share. I think if you could share that. Yeah. I think it's important to remember. Um, Just, I mean, when we're talking about the Bible and, and why that's even relevant to us in our lives... One thing that I want to be able to say in my life is, is similar to this verse and it's Psalms 100 or Psalm. Everybody puts an S on the end of Psalm. Have you ever heard that? It's because it's a collection of Psalm. Well, yes, but it's a Psalm. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) Psalm 119 um, verse. I'm just going to, I'm going to skip. So 119 and um, verse 14, it says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So what does that mean? Why, what, like for me, what that means in my life is that I want to be grateful for the gift of the Bible. And I want to be able to know God's word and have that hidden in my heart. Yeah. I think even if you, if we read just a couple verses before 
verse 14. It helps to establish that too, because it says, how could a young person stay pure? Check it out, it's for us. Um, okay, so how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Yeah, and I, I know it sounds silly to say I've hidden your word in my heart because obviously you can't go into your heart like a bookshelf and look through it. But That'd be the, sick. <laughs> that would be cool. But Maybe the point not. of this verse is to say the reason that we value the Bible and to bring it all around, the reason that it's important to read the Bible is, one, you understand the big picture plan that God had from the beginning of time to now, um, into eternity. But then also you see how God has written you into that story. Like he purposefully made you for this time to experience his grace in this world. And so you're not a mistake. You're not an accident and you have a place. And so this, this book defines your history as well. But then also when when it's said in this verse that I've hidden your word in my heart, it's specifically talking about we read these words because they give us life. They give us courage. God uses them to, to give us clarity and direction. And while that feels silly right now, I promise there will be a day when you will have not read the Bible that day, but because you need encouragement, God will bring back a verse to your mind. I've had it happen millions yeah. and millions of times, and that sounds like a big number, but it's true. <laughs> it's happened so many times because I spend time in God's word, and I start off with this, I'm trying to set a habit, I'm trying to make sure that I am consistently in God's word, but then it turns into a relational thing. Like, I want to spend time mm-hmm. with God. I want to know what he says in his word. I want to make sure that I'm not missing a single part of his book because it was written for my well-being, for yeah. my good ex- like experience of his love for me. And in the same way, it's for you. It's meant to build you up, to encourage you, and to give you clarity and direction and wisdom. And so spend time in it because it will come back to you. It will feed you beyond what you read that morning or that day, that night. Maybe you're a night person. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's good. And so we've talked about the word of God and what that is, why we need it in our lives. But how do we, how do we read it? Why, in what ways do you find it best? to read the word of God. Cause I know in my life there's been, you know, seasons or whatever where I just, I do not have time for that. Or at least I say mm-hmm. I don't, or I just, I don't know where to start. So mm-hmm. how do we read the Bible? I think that, I mean, we gotta start with consistency. I think above all about like, I know like our schedules, they change. I feel like my schedule is constantly, it's consistent, but it's not consistent. It's consistently inconsistent. Amen. Um, That's how I feel about it. (laughs) But I mean, if you think about it, what do we do? We wake up, we make time to hopefully like we eat, we brush our teeth. I hope we brush I hope. (laughs) Brush our teeth. If not, this is a plug. Brush your teeth in the morning, not just at night. Disgusting. But we make time to do these things. Why? To take care of ourselves, to like, it's just a part of what we do. We want to be present ourselves in the best way. So we make time to do it in the same way. Like we've got to create some sort of consistent time to read the Bible. 
and although like life is consistently inconsistent so like don't feel like if you don't hit the same mark every single Mm -hmm. day that you're that you messed up you're a failure or anything but I think just making sure and literally if you have to schedule it into your day of saying nope this is my time that I am taking to read God's word Mm -hmm. whether it's five minutes 15 minutes 25 minutes like whatever that looks like for you, um, schedule it out, mm-hmm. whether it's like you're, maybe it's even on your drive and you're listening to your audio Bible. Sometimes when I'm getting ready, mm. I listen, I used to listen to worship music or Christmas music, um, <laughs> but shameless plug, but I started just listening to the Bible. And sometimes I didn't realize that I take in a lot, I take in things differently when I'm listening to Mm -hmm. it rather than just reading it. I was like, whoa, that's cool. Or Mm -hmm. you just pick up different things that you don't notice when you're reading it. Um, So I would just say find a way to be consistent with however that looks like for you. It doesn't have to look like it looks like for the next person. Like don't compare your Bible time with somebody else's because that's not what it's about. But just making sure that you hold yourself accountable to being consistent. Um, Because how many of us know too, like when we're consistent with something, the more that we get into it and it just becomes a natural habit. They say it takes what, 21 days Mm -hmm. to create a habit. Yeah. And so if we just make ourselves become consistent with, Hey, I'm going to get in God's word today, whether that's just reading the verse of the day or it's reading a whole plan. Like I'm just, I'm going to do this today. Um, I think we're going to see the, we'll see the fruit of it and it'll become something that we, we want to do every day. It's just a part of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I think also we need to remember that there is, an enemy of our soul and he's real and he is constantly working to set you up to be apart from God. Like he does not want you to experience intimacy and relationship with God as your father. And so when you're going to sit down, I promise you're going to have thoughts at times where it'll be, you know, the best time to do this reading the Bible would be tomorrow. And that's the best lie that the enemy can tell you because it's easy to believe. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Tomorrow I do have a lot more time on my hands. Maybe I should read tomorrow. Like, if I I wait until tomorrow, I could read for an hour tomorrow. But today I could only read for five minutes. So hour, five minutes, like, let's see which one is worth it. And that is such a trick. Like, the Mm -hmm. enemy is trying to get you not to do it. And I don't want to scare you, but I want to speak truth and reality that there will be a day... And we may experience it in our generation where Bibles will not be Mm. legal. We won't be able to have the whole word of God in one. And there are countries around the world where this is currently real, where people will have to take one page of the Bible, memorize it, and in their gathering will have to recite their memorized verses. Otherwise, they don't have that book of the Bible. Mm. And, And that's not real for us right now. And thank you, Jesus. We have this ability to have... God's entire word in our hands, but even reading for five minutes a day is going to prepare you and get you ready for the days when you need those verses to come to your mind, when you need that. And so if I can encourage you on anything, it'll be make sure you're in the word of God every single day, five minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour. Like do not set yourself up for failure, but do not let yourself be lazy either. Um, and then also when you're sitting down, remember that God loves you. Like Mm -hmm. this is not meant to be something that is frustrating or a dampener in your day. Like Brooke said, it's meant to be a good thing. It's meant Mm -hmm. to give you life. And so when you're sitting down, start off before you ever open up your Bible by praying and asking the Lord to be with you first to 
um, give you encouragement through the word and also to help you to understand it because there are going to be things you come across that won't make sense. And just invite him to make his word come to life because one of the promises in the Bible is that God's word is living and active and it, it describes it like a sword that's a double-edged sword, which means that whether you strike front or back, it's going to be sharp, it's going to cut through. And in the same way, God's word is designed to cut through the lies of the enemy and the things you believe that aren't true and to speak truth and to give you life. And so when you come with that understanding that God's word is real and he wants to speak to you today, it will speak directly to your situation. He will speak directly for what you need in that moment and you can trust him. Yeah, that's super good. And I think one thing that just practically, um, kind of along the lines of what Brooke was saying, is that find the way you like to learn and how you learn best and start there. Mm-hmm. Like, I <laughs> um, I can't, like, see pictures in my head. <laughs> so, like, if somebody said to me, like, picture a red apple. Like, so, like, if you do that right now, like, hey, picture a red apple, like, shiny, and then, like, it's having a bite taken out of it. I can't, I see nothing. Like, I could... I just think apple, apple, apple over and over and over again in my head, but I don't see a picture in my head. And when I, when my husband and I had a conversation about that, he was like, what do you mean you don't see, uh, you don't see a picture? What? And I was like, no, I don't see anything in my head. So like when I'm reading stories, I think about maybe like the description of how a person looks or what could be going on, but I can't see anything. Like my, there's no pictures in my mind. I have really vivid dreams and that's a whole thing for another time. I don't know why, (laughs) but like only in a dream can I ever picture anything in my head. But because I realized that I don't see pictures in my head, it made sense to me that that is why I like to learn by looking at things. Mm. Because in my head, the thought just literally bounces around in there. And then I'm like, okay, but I can't visualize anything. So when, like, for example, I function really well by watching a video of a topic I'm learning about and then going back and rereading the text. So I really like watching the Bible Project videos. And for a long time, I felt like not a good Christian because like, a good Christian just sits and reads their Bible and they just understand it. But I was like, I cannot picture anything that's happening in this book. Mm. None of it makes sense. It's confusing and it does not relate to me versus when I look at like a, a video that somebody has put together in my head, the, the puzzle pieces click together mm. and I'm like, whoa, I understand it now. Like, I get it. That makes sense. And some people, they learn really well by listening to other people talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me, not so much. Like, I'll hear you. <laughs> but a lot of that, like, is going to go in one ear out the other. Like, I just, I don't learn and retain information that way. Mm-hmm. So do what works best for you. The way that you learn in school is how you're going to best be able to sit and read about something you're interested in. So I like visuals, I watch videos, and then I read my Bible and I take notes so that way the thoughts in my head get out of my head and I can visually see them. Hmm. So like Brooke was talking earlier um, in, in conversation about how she has heard things differently audibly listening to the Bible. So like listening to like an audiobook. 
versus reading it. So do what works best for you. I know I just rambled for like 10 minutes about that same thing, but you get what I'm, you get what I'm getting at here. Uh, do what works best for you. Don't overcomplicate it. You're reading yeah. a book. Yes, it's about the Lord. Yes, it's the living word of God. But when we overcomplicate it and make it this extra overly spiritual experience that we have to like somehow get to every single time, that's when it's going to feel like you can't ever do that. Yeah. yeah. And I think the last thing I would say too is don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. We are like never, like none of us are ever going to be fully able to understand everything in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's be- it's a beautiful thing because what's the, what's it worth worshiping a God who you can understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay that if you've read something like a hundred times and then you go back and read it, you're like, wait, I still don't understand this. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And I would just encourage you to like find people in your life who are trustworthy mm-hmm. and that you look up to that you can just go to with these questions and don't feel shame in that. Don't feel mm-hmm. condemnation in that. Like we're all asking questions mm-hmm. and good learners ask questions. And so I'd encourage you to, even as you're going or you're reading um, and you're like, I don't really understand this. Don't, don't just settle with, I don't understand. Yeah. Circle it, highlight it, jot a note down and ask, ask those questions because that's when you're going to learn the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super good. Yeah. So basically just to sum it all up, reading the Bible is essential. Yeah. Whether you currently believe in God or not, it will be the source of encouragement and life and freedom that everybody deep down is looking for. Mm. Um, and you can do it. You're, there's nothing keeping you from being able to read. Mm-hmm. You have every opportunity and capability of reading and understanding that the best scholar in the world has. So yeah. just get into it. Um, if you guys like this podcast, you can give it a thumbs up or a heart on whatever platform you're listening to your podcast at. Follow us on Instagram at Cultivate Z. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you have a book in the Bible that you really enjoyed or a verse or even just a comment, conversation, question, like Riley says, compliment, you know, put it all on there. We want to talk to you about this. We'd love to continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, we really care about you all. And though we may not have in person met you all. God has given us a heart and a love for you. And so these conversations matter to us and we'd love to continue it with you guys. So find us there and we'll catch up with you guys next week. Bye. We love you.